In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are. We're going to talk about Palm Sunday, the week before Easter, the week before the crucifixion, the week before Christ is raised from the grave. And I'm going to take some time to read the story to you, and then I'm going to talk to you for a while. And typically, if you've heard me preach, I typically use verses nonstop all the way through. Today might be a little different. I'm going to give you verses at the beginning and maybe a little more talking. But I want us to look at the story that happened the week before. And as we're going through it, I want you to take an honest look at yourself and say, if I was there, where would I be in this story? So as we look at this story, I want you to ask yourself, don't think about the person beside you or the person that didn't show up. Where would I be if I was there at that moment? So let's read the story. John chapter 12, verse 9 to 12. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It's a little different, but it's a, it's a good version when you're storytelling, I guess, to help you get a picture. So John 12, verse 9, it says, When the word got out that Jesus was not far from Jerusalem, a large crowd came out to see him. And they also wanted to see Lazarus, the man that Jesus has raised from the dead. This prompted the chief priests to seal their plans to do away with both Jesus and Lazarus. For his miracle testimony was irrefutable and was persuading many of the Jews living in Jerusalem to believe in Jesus. The next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the massive crowd gathered for the feast. So Jesus had stopped in Bethany and he was having a meal with a family that he was close to, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And of course, Lazarus had been raised to the dead, not that, uh, raised from the dead not that long ago, and many people were still hearing about it. Okay? And let's just continue the story, but we're going to move to one of the other Gospels. It's interesting, when you read the Gospels, each Gospel focuses a little bit on a different aspect of the same story. So you get a clearer picture when you put them all together. Matthew 21 and verse 6 to 11, the story continues. So the two disciples went on ahead and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and her colt to him. And they placed their cloaks and their prayer shawls on the colt, and Jesus rode on it. Then an exceptionally large crowd gathered and captured the road carpeted the road before him with their cloaks and prayer shawls. Others cut down branches from the trees to spread in the path. Jesus rode in the center of the procession, crowds going before him and crowds coming behind him, and they all shouted, Bring the victory, Lord, Son of David. He is the blessed one sent from the Lord Yahweh. We celebrate with praises to God in the highest. And as Jesus entered Jerusalem, the people went wild with excitement. The entire city was thrown into an uproar. Some asked, who is this man? And the crowd shouted back, this is Jesus. He is the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Jesus 
rides on a borrowed donkey. But he's riding into Jerusalem the way a king would come riding in. And the people are overjoyed and excited. His closest followers are laying down their coats and there's branches and the crowd is shouting his praises. And in Luke 19, verse 39 to 40, we hear another little piece of the story. Luke 19, 39 to 40. Some Jewish religious leaders who stood off from the procession said to Jesus, Teacher, order your followers at once to stop saying these things. And Jesus responded, Listen to me. If my followers were silenced, the very stones would break forth with praises. So here he is. A moment in time when it appears that the entire city is accepting of him. Except for some religious leaders. But they have heard, they have seen what he's done through the communities. Many have heard about him recently raising Lazarus from the dead. There were probably others in the crowd who were healed in times past. Because you see, Jesus now had been doing ministry for about three and a half years. And he was known. And yet there were some who didn't know him and they asked, who is this? But as we look at this story, I need you to ask yourself, where would you be? If somehow... But the snap of a finger, we could all be back at that moment. Just imagine, there we are. We're all back there. Where would we be? Would we be right close to Jesus being the one throwing the coat down? Cutting the branch? Would we be the one shouting? Woo! Or would we be with the religious leaders? Because we've been in our Bible for years and years, and we know the way it's supposed to be. Well, let's look a little deeper into this while you think about where would you be. Would you be with the non-Jewish people just watching the exciting show and wondering, who's this guy on the donkey? Because you see, people who were not in the area and didn't know Jesus, to them... This was probably just a pretty exciting thing to watch from a distance. You know, it's, well, look at all these people. I wonder what's going on. Like, this is interesting. You see, many had heard of Jesus for over three years, the miracles, the healings. But there was many who just wanted to see from a distance. They didn't really want to get involved. They for sure didn't want people to notice them or think that they were connected in any way. Because, you know, to be honest to them, those people looked a little strange. But, you know, whatever's going on, it was cool to watch. And they'd hang around on the fringes to watch. You see, the problem with 
just hanging around to watch is that nothing in your life ever changes. Just hanging around to watch is confusing and you're not going to understand. You see, this very same crowd, these individuals that were far in the back just watching, a week later they were going to be just watching again. But they'd be watching something very different. And they would have no clue what was going on. Don't spend your life just watching. You see, to simply watch from a distance, never making a decision, never making a stand, not sure what you do or don't believe. It's like spending your life watching somebody else's movie. Well, you do nothing. But you see, God has a plan. He's placed you as the lead actor in your own movie. But if you take no stand, if you only sit back and watch, can I tell you it's the most boring movie ever? But if you have not made up your mind, if you have not decided what you believe, you're the person just watching. If you take a mindset that I'll just watch, you will watch for way too long and your life will pass you by. Decide what you believe and quit watching. Because Jesus has an amazing life if you'll make a decision. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't call you to hide out. He called you to live. So can I say this? If you find yourself in that group of people, don't stay where you are. Step up. Step out. Make a decision. What you believe. Quit watching from a distance. Now, Maybe today that's not you, but let me ask you this question then. Would you have been with the religious leaders? Angry that this young leader had been changing everything about how it was supposed to be done, and they were losing their control. You know, I'm pretty sure all of us, I would never be with those religious leaders. That's how I would feel. No, I would never be with them. Yet, has there been times in our lives where the way we've always done it, somebody is messing with it? And boy, do we get upset. Now, if you're wondering, well, have I ever been there or do I go there? You need to ask yourself, have you been in a place where you're angry at the new? And you believe you must fight to keep what once was. Are you afraid the way it's always been is being taken away? And if you don't stop these people, for God of course, no one else will. Don't forget the religious leaders were trying to destroy him for God. They were the most well trained in the Old Testament scriptures of anybody walking. 
You feel you're losing control that you once had and the only way to stop this for God, of course, is to attack or remove somebody. If you found yourself there, you were seated with the religious leaders. Did you know God's plan will progress? He doesn't need us to remove or attack people. Did you know that? Maybe you're in a work situation and you're just thinking, man, if I could somehow work at that, that guy gets removed, this would be a way better place. Because I know you're finding yourself with the religious leaders. Did you know that those religious leaders were the example for the people of what God would want? They were supposed to be. They became bitter and angry, and instead of showing God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God's forgiveness and healing, they became the judge. And we will hand out your sentence. If you've ever felt yourself go from caring and praying for people to, boom, I know what they need. You may have been in a spot where you're seated with the religious leaders. Jesus himself, in a discussion with them, said, you are of your father, the devil, and you will do the works that he does. What? We know he came to steal, kill, and destroy. If you find yourself trying to destroy For God, of course, you're seated with the religious leaders. Do you not think God can deal with people that need dealing with? Yes, He can. I believe this is a great picture for us to make sure we never fall in that trap. Just say, do I want to sit with these guys? No, I don't. Because I believe that the religious leaders were in the worst position of everyone in this story. Because the position they were in was the position of pride. When I read scripture, it says that in Proverbs 16, 18, it says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You see, when pride takes over, we feel that we can do no wrong and that it is our right and our duty to bring others low. It is the most difficult place for people to come out of. And unfortunately, many times, the only way out is a fall. Now, God's word says, humble yourselves under his hand. That means instead of a fall or a crushing, you take a step down yourself. And you say, I don't need to be the one. The Lord brought this back to my mind, but I remember years ago being on a board. And uh, I was on this board, and without realizing, I found myself arguing 
and fighting about things, and God had to deal with me. And in prayer, I felt him saying, what are you doing? You're a minister, and you're arguing, feeling like you've got to change everything on this board I was on. I had to ask him to forgive me, and I knew right then I was on the board to please others, not because he'd asked me. And so I humbled myself and stepped down. But without taking a position ourselves, then sometimes the only way out is a fall or a supernatural encounter. And oh my, do I pray that it be the supernatural encounter. Now the supernatural encounter may involve a fall like it did with Paul. You see, Paul was one of those religious leaders. Now we don't read if he was there in Jerusalem at the time, but there's a good chance he was. And once Jesus had raised from the dead and the disciples continued, he went about then to destroy Christians. So there's a pretty good chance he was around. And you know what? He was doing it for God. He was 100% convinced that God needed him to wipe out these people. And he was a leader, a religious leader. How is that possible? I can tell you in one word. Pride. Pride blinds us to any faults or failures we might have of our own. Pride blinds us to hear and to show mercy. But thankfully, God is amazing. And God has a way of getting us back to where he wants us. You can read Acts chapter 9 if you want to read Paul's story. I'm not going to read it to you tonight, but you can read the story of Paul in Acts chapter 9 where God gets a hold of him. And as he's going to Damascus to take some more Christians and throw them in jail, which pretty much meant many of them are going to die or be killed, he sees a bright light and it knocks him to the ground. And then he hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you fighting me? And it was Jesus. And Paul says, who are you, Lord? I think he knew who he was. He knew who it was. He was blinded and for three days ate nothing and stayed blind. Thank God for a supernatural encounter. The supernatural encounter also dealt with Paul's pride, didn't it? Paul was proud like none other. He knew it all and he was going for God to destroy people. Being blind for three days, being led around by the hand, that'll do something to your pride in a hurry. I'm the man, I know everything, I'm going to deal with people too. Oh my goodness. I don't want to be seated with the religious leaders. You know, I pray, Lord, don't let me be blinded if I'm acting in pride. 
If you found yourself in that position, even a little bit, don't stay there. Step down, step out. Now maybe in this story you would have found yourself with the cheering crowd. The cheering crowd are awesome, by the way. I love the cheering crowd. You know, maybe you would have found yourself amongst the people shouting, Hosanna in the highest, the son of David. The thing is, just being a part of the crowd, whichever way the crowd moves, it's good, but you need to go further. Because here's the problem with just going with the crowd. The crowd sometimes changes. Because this same crowd that was shouting at the top of their lungs and laying down palm branches, a week later the same crowd will be shouting at their top of their lungs, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! What? They had no relationship with Jesus, but they could shout when people were shouting. They didn't really know him, but they would shout when people were shouting. Oh my goodness, of course I don't think it's wrong to shout, guys. It's okay to shout, but don't you just be a person who follows the crowd. Oh, get to know him. You see, the person who's just a part of the crowd wants to do what's popular. Whatever the majority is saying. If most of the media say it, they believe it. I've got to be careful on that one. If everybody's happy, we're happy. If everybody's upset, we're upset. A person who's just a part of the crowd wants to be a part of whatever is big and exciting at the moment. But they don't want to stand out or really be committed. In other words, they're okay with going along for the ride. But when the ride gets bumpy, they're off. Don't just be a part of the crowd. Don't stay where you are. Step up. Step out. Listen, I'm challenging you a bit tonight and I'm showing you that wherever you are, God has something more for you. Do not stay where you are. Now here's the group you knew I was going to get to. Would you be with the closest disciples? The ones who... We're leading the donkey, the ones who were surrounding Jesus, close to him, those 12, and then some others as well. Would you be right there, involved? You'd been with him, you'd been taught by him, you'd learned from him. He'd prayed for you and you'd gone out and healed many people just like he did. And now you're walking. This is awesome. This is the moment. The crowd is shouting. There's triumph. It's amazing. And you're with him. You know him. You've given up everything to follow him. And in your mind, 
you're about 99% sure that he's going to be an earthly king and you're going to be one of his main men. Let's go to Jerusalem. Hosanna. Hosanna. To him, to him. Hosanna. Oh. That would have been an amazing moment. I'm just thinking about it. Yet do you realize that even his closest had more to learn? Even his closest needed to step into something more. Do you understand this? It does not matter where you are in your walk. Do not stay there. Do not think you know it all. Because in a week's time, those of his, his very closest would run and hide. Peter, the one who he said was a rock, the man, would deny him three times publicly. So wherever you would find yourself in this story, can I tell you something tonight? Don't stay there. I don't care if you feel like you're his closest disciple. Be willing to grow and learn every single day. Never allow pride to make you think you already know it all. Maybe the disciples thought, we spent three years with him. Like, we know more than everybody. We've got it. You don't ever have it. It says his ways are past finding out. That means every single day you can learn and grow. Don't stop growing. Don't stop growing. Don't stop growing. Continue to grow. Continue to allow him to teach you new things. Never, never, never allow pride to get you stuck. Don't stay where you are. Step up. Step out. Can I say this? If you're thinking, well, do I need to step up? Do I need to step out? If you are comfortable where you are, then you better step up and step out. I have found over the years, if you're in a comfortable position, then you've learned what you need for that position. It's time to step up. Time to step out. Comfort usually causes people to become lazy, proud, and get upset at anybody else who steps a little farther than they are. Step up. Step out. So let me begin to wrap it up. It's going to take a few minutes yet, but let me say this. Whatever step we need to take, let's take it. Let's be people who move forward. Let's be people who are willing to learn, to grow, to do it different if God asks for it to be done different. I don't know everybody here tonight, but if you're one of those who was just standing, watching. That to me is a person who's never made a decision for Christ. If you've never prayed and said, I'm going to serve you Christ with my life, then you're that person taking it all in, but never making a stand. 
I don't know all of you, but most of you, and I'm going to say this tonight, if you've never asked Him to come in your life and be the Lord of your life, in other words, you're saying, yes, I'll serve Him all my life. If you haven't done that, you need to do it. You need to ask Him and mean it with all your heart. I'm going to actually pray right now for this part. This is not the end of the service, but I want to pray about this just in case. There's somebody who's saying, okay, I don't want my life to be on the outside. I do want to commit to him. In case there's even one person here who hasn't yet, I'm going to pray that prayer. So I'm going to ask you to bow with me. And for the one who might be here tonight and hasn't done it, I want you to pray along with me. I want you to repeat this. This is the beginning step. If people wonder, why do you do that? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. So we are giving you opportunity to say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. So we say pray it if you believe it, okay? So repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my wrongs. Make me new. Heal me. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. I always do at this spot. You know, maybe all of you have already done that and made up your mind. But if anybody, if tonight was a first time for you, please uh, let me know at the end of service. Or let somebody know if you're... You know, you're not sure you want to talk to that pastor. Let somebody know. And trust me, it's an awesome beginning. You've moved from the ones that are going to watch forever to now where God can begin to grow you and show you more.